Welcome to Harvest Time. My name is Chris Harper, and our host on this program is Pastor Gary Walton, the pastor of Harvest Baptist Church. We often spend these 25 minutes together telling you the stories of our church by interviewing our members and other friends of the ministry. Also at this time, we want to personally invite you to attend services at Harvest Baptist Church this weekend. On Sunday, we have two services, the first at 9 a.m. and the other at 11 a.m. You can attend either. The usual COVID-19 safety protocols will be in place. We also bring you a live stream of our 9 a.m. service on hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org. This week, we'll be in Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 to 12. Let's begin today by welcoming Pastor Gary Walton. Well, half a day, Chris. We're excited about a really interesting harvest time this afternoon. I'm going to come to that in just a second, but I also want to tell you about this coming Sunday. We're going to be back in our Sermon on the Mount series and picking up in verses 7 through 12 of Matthew chapter 7. And the title for this Sunday is, Is God Listening to Me? And you might remember this text a little bit as part of it. I mean, it talks about ask and seek and knock, but then it gives this little illustration of if a boy asks his father for bread, is the father going to give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, you know, is the dad going to give him a snake? And of course, the answer to that is no. I mean, if our earthly fathers want to give us good things, don't you think that our heavenly father even more so wants to give us good things? And so it's an awesome, awesome text that describes God's love for us and the fact that he is listening. And I can't wait to dive into it this Sunday. And we'd invite you um, to be with us Sunday morning for uh, the 9 a.m. service also on live stream or for the 11 o'clock service. Well, this is a special week at KHMG, and we're celebrating the 25th anniversary of the radio station. And to celebrate all that, we have the all-star cast of the radio station over its history live with us. Well, maybe not live, but on show with us. John Collier is with us from Florida. Welcome, John. Half a day. It's great to be here. I'm very honored. Thank you. And Jared Baldwin is with us from Ankeny, Iowa. Yeah, half a day, everybody. And of course, Chris, who you've always already heard from. Chris is a radio station manager. Chris is also going to be with us on this conversation. Glad to be here, as always. <laughs> as always. <laughs> well, if you haven't been around for the history of KHMG and Harvest Family Radio, KHMG began March 26th. 1996, the first on-air broadcast was at 4 p.m. and kicked off with the voice of John Collier really initiating the radio station. John, I'm sure those were exciting days. Let me just ask you first about how how you got to Guam. I think you maybe came the year before, and, and tell us about the kickoff of the radio station. Sure. It's funny because when I look back, when Pam, your secretary, emailed me yeah. about this, it was a little overwhelming. First of all, it made me feel very old, um, <laughs> but that I guess goes with the territory, 25 years. But I can remember when Pam was emailing and we were conversing back and forth before I even arrived. And, you know, there wow. the, the technology was so different and we were trying to figure out how to fax my computer, you know, make sure it was turned on the right way in the middle of the night because of the time difference. So 25 years later, actually 26 years later, here we are because 
we arrived. I still remember arriving. I, I stopped in Washington to take a look at the equipment. Let me back up a second. Yeah. When I first heard about the station, we were looking for a change. We just felt it was time to, to move on. And we heard about what was happening in Guam. And Pastor Lewis, who was the pastor then, they had been praying for a long time that they were going to be able to start a, a Christian radio station. And <laughs> when he found out my wife was a teacher in the academy where we were at, that sealed the deal. Because, of course, Harvest Christian Academy was such a big part of what was going on at Harvest Ministries. And so he was like, yeah, John, we'll hire you, but we really want your wife. So, you know, <laughs> it's a good thing. I married up and that helped. But, you know, so that was, uh, that was a big part of how we got there. But anyway, first night I arrived, they were load shedding on Guam. I'm sure some people can still remember those days. And I arrived. I didn't know what my apartment even looked like until the next day. Hmm. So it was a unique beginning in a lot of ways. Took us about... From the time we got there, and, and, and it's so hard to cover all the details in such a short amount of time, right. but um, a lot of things had to happen, getting the equipment from the States to Guam, the Lord providing just all the finances that were necessary, which was quite a bit at that time to get things going. And then people like Pastor Lewis, Ed Poppy, Dean Reed, who was the engineer at the time, who literally built the station from scratch. Wow. From the time I got there in August until March. We signed on the air. And of course, it took a few months to get all the programming prepared because we couldn't just you know flip a switch and have no programming. We'd have music and programs. It was just an exciting time seeing how the Lord brought all that together. Folks like John Uggen, the maintenance guys at Harvest, all of them worked just so much to make sure that we were able to sign on the air. And then for the first year or so, we were on the air, I think, from early morning to late night. And then after a year, we went on the air full time. And then it was up to Pastor Lewis, of course, we started broadcasting the church services, which was just like this program here on Harvest Time. What a great opportunity to begin expanding the outreach and the ministry of Harvest through the radio station. That was such a huge part of being able to start the station and just see the Lord work even broader and further out than we'd ever been able to do at the church through the station. So that's a quick flyby of uh, yeah. the first year or so of coming out there. John, did you have some experience in radio or was it all f uh, new to you? I mean, how, how did God work all that out? Yes. Yes, sir. I did. I got a degree in broadcasting from a Christian college. And then I worked in Christian radio for seven years, two years as a student, five years full-time. And I did live radio. I did hosted music programs, did music production, all kinds of programming, things like that. Um, and so that gave me some of the abilities I needed to get the station started. But I tell people, I joke, said, if I knew all I didn't know before I came out there, I'm not sure I'd have come. But uh, the Lord taught me a lot being out there working at Harvest. We had to learn a lot of things on the fly, figure out how to do some things. But the Lord always brought the right people into place when we needed them. I mean, just somebody like Ed Poppy or Dean Reed, hmm. who helped us so much. You know, it's kind of a sad story. And I, I just want to share this. No, not too many people know this, but Dean Reed, who actually built the radio station, he was the one who did so much work nights. A few years after the station signed on the air, he had a major stroke and his health was never the same after that. And he was never able to help us. And so mm. that was just one of those kind of poignant memories I have of, of working at Harvest. I met a lot of great people and Dean was one of them. And it was sad just to remember when I was thinking back of some of the memories at Harvest and, and the radio station, just remembering the short time we got to spend with Dean while he worked with us. 
Well, it is a good reminder of how many people have been a significant part of this. I mean, Chris, you know, you were just talking about Ed Poppy, who's still involved, you know, yeah. with helping. He was here yeah. helping us the other day with an issue, of course, and was talking to me about many of the pieces of equipment still being in place that have been in place, I guess, for 26 years. <laughs> and he said that that transmitter has been running for 25 years straight and has never had a major problem. And no, it's, so yeah. it's amazing. Yeah, I'm thankful for Ed Poppy. He he truly has been kind of our uh, fire alarm. When we, we had a real major emergency, we pulled the alarm and Ed Poppy showed up and he took care of the problem. So very thankful for him. Yeah, I'm still doing that. Yeah, amazing. Jared, you and Tammy came in 2002. So the radio station had been going for a few years when you guys first arrived. And I know that you're uh, involved even more on you know your second return, but you'd had an interest in the radio station right from the beginning, right? Yeah, we arrived in March of 2002 to visit the campus. We got in really late. They used to have like a midnight flight, Northwest Airlines, and uh, woke up early with jet lag, and they had a radio on in the guest department. And uh, so KHMG came on, and it was early. And I heard John Collier, who I hadn't met yet, give the weather report. And I told my wife, I said, I think that guy just opened the window and <laughs> looked outside and said what the weather is. Now, John would tell me when I came up visit him later, he's like, no, no, no. I think I let a fly out or something like that, but I have a <laughs> official fax with the weather on it or something. So, so this, the stories vary on how, how that <laughs> happened, but that was my first exposure was listening to the weather. And then I'm like, wow, cool, a radio station, and then went up there and got to know John. And at that time, John was showing me a picture of his new baby, Brandon. I think Brandon was like a week old or something like that, maybe in March of, of uh, 2002. So, but yeah, so I started listening to the radio and I grew up when my parents got saved, we had a Christian radio station in Kansas City that was on every evening, all evening. So I grew up listening to Unshackled and all kinds of programs like that. So I had an interest early on and then got to, you know, be interviewed and do little things on the radio over my first seven years of being there. Then we moved back two years later and then really started being very involved and then uh, getting to do some programming and things like that with John was a lot of fun. You know, it's funny, Jared, because I used to joke when I gave the weather forecast that after a while I learned that really it never changed except, right. you know, during those few times when we would have major storms go by, but every other yes. day it was pretty much all the same. I also wanted to say something, Jared, you, you made me realize something or remember something. You had a big part in something that went beyond Harvest Family Radio. And that was, we had the privilege, one of my favorite memories working over the 19 years that the station was on the air that I was there or that I was there uh, was interviewing so many different people, guest pastors, missionaries, people from the church. We interviewed your dad and his testimony yep. was just it was a living illustration of Unshackled. Mm. And then yep. a few years after I left and moved back to the States, I hear the story of Joe Baldwin <laughs> on Unshackled, yep. thanks to you yep. writing his story out and sending it in. So that's a great memory. Yeah. Yeah. My mom wrote it. I read it and gave her a few tips. And then they ended up producing a two-part on my parents. And you I know, just Pastor heard it on Unshackled on KHMG through my Alexa device <laughs> about two months ago. That's great. Your dad's testimony was on again? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It was uh, yeah. 
golden oldie. Yeah. For us, it was on a Sunday morning. Yeah, they, they re-air like all their their classics throughout the week. So. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty. And cool. then Pastor Gary, I guess one of my one of real quick here, I just want to say, if I could say, Pastor Jared mentioned my son Brandon. I've told the story before. Bryce, when he was a baby, slept under the radio console when I was working on a Saturday trying to get Christmas music ready for the for the <laughs> Christmas season. And my son Bryce, who you might know now as the IT guy, director out there, of the IT here at he Harvest. Was, yep. Yep. He so one of the greatest memories or aspects of the the years we were in Guam was that our kids grew up in what I can honestly say is one of the most incredible places in the world, mm. Harvest on Guam. It yeah. is unlike anything else. And I'm sure that Chris can relate to this now because he's got kids growing up there. Pastor Jared can also, you know, he can testify that having your kids grow up at Harvest on Guam, it does not get any better. And I'm thankful yep. for the the impact that Harvest Ministries, the people that work there, I mean, it literally is life-changing in so many ways. So yep. I'm thankful for that. Yeah, it's yep. a great story of God's grace on this ministry. And I would say the same thing. There's just no place like this. There just isn't. And I think all of us have traveled around enough, different churches, different places, to know that this is just an incredibly God-touched place here on the earth. And it's it's neat to see the connection of so many people around the world, right, that have a harvest connection. And you know, we get a little piece of this even on this show with, you know, this string of guys that have been so instrumental in the in the life of, of this piece of the Harvest Ministry, this this radio station. That kind of leads us, Chris, to you and, and Deborah came, I think in 2015, do I have that right? Yeah. Came and tell us about that. What was your transition like? It all happened pretty quickly, especially when we got here. I could tell the story about beforehand, but when we got here, we had a storm pretty much right away. Yeah, we want to talk about the storms yeah. that sort of, sort of weave their way through the history yeah. of the radio station. But Yeah, but when I think about those storms, I'm thinking a little bit about what John said, is that my kids were here, you know, through those storms. We had to stay at the radio station. Mm. They had to be here because it gets pretty labor intensive, and I'm here all the time during things like that. And you start thinking about... Can I get an amen? Yeah. Yeah. And you think you start thinking about how much of your life is spent being in this studio and in the attached area of the studio. And you start thinking about how much of your life is being spent there. And you think about their future and what they're going to remember and the programming that they remember and the music that they've heard and how that's impacted them. And there's not a much better environment for them to be in than that. And then what also makes me think about that is Bryce works, John's son works just opposite the radio station in the IT office. And he can always relate to my kids being here Mm. because it's a, a glimpse of his growing up, you know, seeing my son being here with me on a Sunday morning to do the live church service or something like that. And so as John's talking about it, it's begun to be for me to hear the the words harvest family radio that has a different meaning to me than it might to listeners. So yeah, that resonates with me. There'd probably be a couple of interesting, you know, if we're doing a timeline of the radio station, there might be a few themes that we could use, but typhoons might be one of them, right? I mean, it's been a big piece of the ministry and it's impacted a lot of things. 
John, I think, you know, the typhoon kind of came through and, and the radio station was, you know, the only one online. And from there, you know, we went to kind of remodeling the facility to accommodate that. Tell us a little bit about sort of how that started. Yeah, when I tell people that living on Guam, you're always basically within, I think it's 72 hours, it's always possible to have a storm. They can't comprehend that. Mm. And I live in the Gulf Coast now, and we have storms. And I truly still have a hard time calling them hurricanes because they will always be typhoons. (laughs) Not long after we arrived in Guam in the mid-90s, we had Typhoon Paca, which I believe was 98. We, We had some struggles with that one. And then in 2002, we had Pong Song Wa, and that was after we had already had a couple of storms in the summer. I think Shataan and Haalong came through, and they were kind of like, you know, nothing compared mm. to Pong Song Wa. That was a life-changing storm. Anybody who ever said, oh, man, I hope we get to experience a storm, I said, you've obviously never experienced one right. or the after effects, just like Chris my kids all slept and lived in the radio station for like two weeks after Pong Song Wall because there was no power, no water, no anything pretty much. And uh, we, we all came together as a team working to get as everything back. And then I think we were sending teams out to help in the community because that was, that was a bad storm. And we were fortunate. We didn't really have anything too bad after that for a number of years, but After that storm, we realized we needed to make some changes at the radio station because you cannot live in the radio station during a storm the way that it was built. (laughs) And I'll just leave it at that. It was not fun. So shortly thereafter, they completely remodeled it, put in some facilities, some extra room so we could have one person maybe taking a break while someone else was kind of manning the radio station. And I'm thankful for folks like Zach Thompson, who helped me with that, Vicki Vanderpool, because like Chris said, when there are storms and things like that, you're around the clock trying to make sure you're, you know, at least if Rejoice, I'm oh, sorry, <laughs> Harvest Family Radio is the only place that they can, hey, the first year I was at this station I'm at now, I said Harvest Family Radio on the air live. <laughs> so, you know, it kind of sticks with you. But anyway, when you're there during a storm, it helps to have a couple people from the church, from the school who are helping you because it it can be a long, long process. But our goal was if Harvest Family Radio is the only station left on the air, listeners can still find out what's happening based on the information we're getting from the National Weather Service and, and the government of Guam and things like that. And we strive to make sure that what we were putting out was timely and accurate. I still remember I thought we were going to die during Pong Song Wa. I heard sounds. I, I didn't know where they were coming from. I literally thought the building was collapsing in some places. The sounds that I was hearing that night of the storm, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that who live on Guam and been through storms. But we came out. I did have to leave the radio station at one point real quick, and almost instantly my glasses flew off my face. And the next morning they were literally sitting on the ground at the outside the door, which was a miracle. Hmm. It did take us off the air eventually, but our engineer at that time, Rick Fergerger, had us back on the air very quickly. But that was that was one of the most memorable events. I would think Jared would agree. Oh, yeah, for sure. Matter of fact, one of our first shared experiences was that first typhoon. I'd been on Guam like 30 days and shot to on hit and we were living on campus. And so I came up to help keep a generator running and we made the almost fatal mistake of running a generator inside the ladies restroom unventilated. And we were so 
determined to not let the radio station go off the air because it didn't have backup generator that we refilled it running with uh, gasoline, which pretty much we shouldn't be here to tell the story today. That should have <laughs> been the end of it. it would have been the call your Baldwin Memorial ladies <laughs> restroom, but ended up we were able to keep everything on the air. But yeah, I mean, the storms, the year after John left, I think we had three small storms that year. Right. And that, you know, my, my kids were younger teenagers at that time. They lived up there. When we went through those first big storms, like uh, Pong Song Wa, all of our kids were together in the basement of the church playing Nintendo and eating mac and cheese while we were trying to keep the campus from blowing away. I'm surprised you shared that memory, Jared, because I remembered it, but I thought, I don't know if I want to admit what we did hey, trying to keep the station I've, I've on the become, air. I've become much more transparent <laughs> in my old age. But hey, the goal was everything we did to try to keep the station broadcasting yeah. from getting up early in the morning to turn it on and get stand up late to turn it off because we didn't we weren't able to run it full time and all kinds of things during that period of time. Yep. Well, it is a big piece of, you know, there's the sort of an illustration of the dependability that God has allowed the radio station to have. I mean, over these 25 years, especially in this location, it's unusual and usually dependable. And that is because of the faithfulness and the work of our station managers primarily. But you're right, a, a whole team of people that really believed in this and and believe in the impact. Let me transition a, a little bit, Jeremy, to something that was a big part of your time here and well known to anybody that's been a listener of uh, KHMG. Live till five. Tell us how that thing got started <laughs> and you know how it took on a life of its own, right? Well, yeah. So Pastor Heron for at least a year or two was kind of nudging John and I to come up with some kind of live afternoon programming, a kind of a drive time for school parents. And I like live talk radio. I, I mean, that's something I always enjoyed. So after kind of being persuaded to try it, we tested it out and we ran originally it was an hour and a half long. And then within a few episodes, it went to two hour long every Friday from three to 5 p.m. and broadcast high atop the campus of Harvest Ministries, you know, from the worldwide headquarters of Harvest <laughs> Family Radio. It was just a whole lot of fun. And we had some very memorable guests and memorable episodes and it was intended to be lighthearted and funny at times, but we also had some poignant, serious conversations and really enjoyed every bit of it. It was a lot of work, but I really enjoyed it and did it for six years. It was great. And it really gave me a lot of opportunities even now in ministry. Mm. I've got to be on live Christian talk radio here in the Des Moines area five times already and for full episode interviews and discussions. And so it was just a lot of fun, something I never expected to do. And I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. Well, Chris probably knows this even more than me, but we continue to get comments uh, about Live Till Five and, and people are asking about it and missing it. I don't know. We might have to have a reunion tour of, of some sort. Hey, <laughs> something. hey, I mean, I if you can just get me there, you know, I'll, <laughs> I'll uh, work in the cafeteria all day and then record all night. <laughs> Well, we, we get requests for Live Till 5, but what I've told people is that was sort of a Jared Baldwin vehicle, right? right. Uh, it, without Jared, right. I mean, it just wouldn't be the same with There's not with another myself. driver for no. that car, is there? No, no. Yeah, no. yeah. If it, it, it's the, a custom the Jared fit. Universe, yeah, the Jared Universe is uh, quite unique, and I understand that. <laughs> hey, could you guys tell us a little bit of some of the 
testimonies that you heard over the years, sort of the life impact testimonies of, of the radio station? John, anything that comes to your mind? I was thinking about that a little bit. Like I said at the beginning, uh, just seeing how the Lord worked at the very beginning to through the Church of Harvest Baptist Church, through Pastor Lewis, through the church members coming together and starting a Christian radio station halfway around the world. Um, pretty unique, pretty awesome. But mm. over the years, I think what I remember, I can't tell you how many times I, I had the the privilege of, of working with Pastor Heron, who was a pastor previously. And every week, just like Harvest Time, like Chris is doing every week with you, Pastor Gary, sitting down and talking with him each week. And Pastor Heron would share stories about how he was out in the community and how people who you had no idea right. were listening and and they were receiving or they were listening to Heart of Harvest or something and they would hear a message and and they would recognize pastor or whatever and they'd start talking to him. So it gave the ministry and through the ministry of the Lord an opportunity just to reach out into the community in ways that you could not do before that through, I mean, the school's a great impact, but even impacting uh, students and parents through Harvest Highlights, who now are, they were tuning in to hear Christian radio. Mm. And so we had a lot of people who were suddenly hearing the church services and hearing what the programming, and and we would just, you know, Pastor Heron would share some of these stories with me, and it was just like, wow, that's just amazing. So that was, that's something that comes to mind a little bit. I, I think of Pastor Jared, too, tell me how his daughter got saved listening to Unshackled. So just yep, that's you know, right. like that. I stole his thunder. Sorry, Pastor Jared. That's all right. It's a good story. Anything else that comes to your mind? God's provision, other testimonies? Well, I know when I would be out in the community, you know, you have all the anecdotal uh, things. I was refing a soccer game with a young man. And as I walk across Philly, he's like, hey, I heard the sermon that you preached last Sunday. I'm like, Really? Cause I didn't preach that much. And he's like, yeah. And you were talking about this and this, I was like, wow. Like I wanted to ask, where'd you hear it? But I knew where he heard it. I was like, you listen to the Christian radio. I was like, Oh, I listen to pastor Heron every week. And I like unshackled. And, and we had that, we'd have stories like that coming out of the prison. We had department of youth affairs. We had the mobile station in front of triple J and Kmart there. You'd walk in, you'd hear harvest family radio playing as the, as the cover music for the whole mm-hmm. gas station. So and that, that would just happen over and over and over again. And then every once in a while, we would get a letter. We'd get a check in the mail. We'd get a donation, uh, you know, in the offering plate or sometimes just sent straight to the station. And it would, it would just come out of nowhere. And uh, we really, that always was such an encouragement. It was God's reminder to us that, that we were connecting with people and we were doing this as unto the Lord. So the Lord provided over and over and over again. Yeah, I've said a long uh, a number of years ago. I said it was God and Guam that kind of came together. God working through a unique place like Guam to to bring about Harvest Baptist Church, but also Harvest Family Radio. Then as an outreach of the church ministry, and even seeing it to this day, Chris, you were mentioning about the programming a couple months ago. I just turned on Harvest Family Radio's online stream, and I heard a song I'd never heard before. Mm. Clear the stage, and I was like, wow that's a song that I, and, and I got it. We, we added it to our station now. So just uh, the impact of, of Harvest Family Radio is still going on around the world, which is truly amazing. I've got kind of two things in mind. I think about all the really faithful listeners for many, many years, mm-hmm. because there's so many of those that tell me I have it on all the time. Like they just have it running in the background of their lives all the time. 
And then there's just those who say, yeah, I've been listening from the very beginning. And then there's uh, the second group of people. I was somewhere the other day and I heard the radio station playing and I thought it was playing from my car. Mm -hmm. And then I realized I had gotten out of my car and I could hear it playing somewhere else. And I couldn't really tell where it was coming from, but somebody else in the parking lot at GPO was playing the radio station. And that's happened to me. I don't know how many times I've gone to a funeral. I pulled up at the funeral car next to me is playing harvest family radio. People tell me that at Christmas time, they play the radio station in the stores, you know, the little local stores because we have Christmas music all day long. So it feels like it's unfortunate sometimes that we don't know what's, what's happening with the signal when it goes out there. But in a lot of ways, this is kind of like God's plan for us ministering to people. A lot of times we minister to a lot of people. We don't know what happens. Mm -hmm. And so radio's got that mi little mystery to it. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's some, there's, there is things happening that God is doing, and uh, we're not going to get the credit for it because we don't even know what happened. I've thought about this a lot of times in the past, normally about you know Bible translation and connections with it, but I was thinking about it as you guys were talking. I fully believe that someday we're going to be in heaven, yeah. and uh, you know, you three guys and others are going to be standing and you know, worshiping our Savior next to a number of other people around you, and in a lull in our worship, we're going to have a conversation, and you're going to say, "Well, where are you from? You know, how did you, yeah. you know, where did your relationship with Jesus start?" And they're going to talk about, "Hey, you know what? I was listening to a radio station. I was on Guam, or I was connected to Guam, and God used that, you know, to prick my heart and." began or continue or complete a process where I gave my heart to Jesus. I think that's going to happen. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I think that's there's awesome. Gonna, that would be awesome. There's there's these stories too of people just being sustained by it. There's yeah. there's a guy yeah. that we know real well from our church who says, "I couldn't survive if I didn't have the radio station. I don't know what I would do." And he tells me this Amen. on a regular basis that he's just sustained and his walk with God is sustained because he would fill his mind with other things if he wasn't filling it with the godly music and the, the godly programming. So there's going to be some stories of that kind of thing, too, I'm, I'm confident. Well, we do have the chance every once in a while to get the connections, you know, the harvest connections. We hear about them in, in different ways. I'm sure you guys uh, in the States continue to have that, you know, regularly. But man, I'm just telling you, there's going to be those connections multiplied in heaven. <laughs> and, uh, Amen. you know, how many of them are going to be connected to the faithfulness? I, I actually, I uh, to the three of you, I want to say thank you on the behalf of many, many people. And I know that you really were serving alongside uh, a number of others, but lives have been changed because of God's work through you. And I almost feel bad that we don't have more time because of really it's just an honor and, and the value I think we, you know, we all, all want to say in the investment, the sacrifices that the three of you have made for this ministry. So, so thank you. Amen. What a privilege. Yeah. Thanks, Pastor Gary. I will tell you that uh, those, the years we worked at Harvest on Guam and Harvest Family Radio, it's the golden years. Mm -hmm. And it will always be home. So I thank you for the opportunity to just kind of reminisce a little bit. It's been special. 
Amen. Well, well, I told Chris, we we do need to do this again sometime, maybe a little longer format, get some more history and some more stories. So, um, thank thank you, yeah, guys. Yeah, call us during the next storm. We we will be uh, <laughs> glad to talk to you. There you go. Up all night. We'll, yeah. we'll plan on that for sure. We'll, yeah, because we'll be in the middle of the day our time. So <laughs> that's right. All right, you guys. Hey, thanks for being with us today. Hey, thank, thank you very you so much, much for inviting us. And thank you for listening to Harvest Time this week. Just a reminder, you can attend Harvest Baptist Church on Sunday. Two services, the first at 9 a.m. and the other at 11 a.m. And you can attend either. The usual COVID-19 safety protocols will be in place. We also have a live stream of our 9 a.m. service, which can be found on hbcguam.org. hbcguam.org. This week, Matthew 7, verses 7 to 12 Is God listening to me? Thanks again for listening to Harvest Time.